start with a brand strategy. I think a lot of people dive straight into, you know, trying to like get their website up. There's whenever somebody has an idea, there's so many steps that tend to get skipped in the early stages. And what I always like to tell people is take these ideas that you have and really put them into a strategy for it's for how you want to be bringing your brand and like representing yourself and bringing it to your audience. So Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as uh, founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with your business, uh, feel free to reach out to us at strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now today we have a couple great guests. It's usually one, I think this is our third or fourth episode where we've had a couple people on. It always makes for a fun, different dynamic and always mixes it up a, a bit. So we have both Mitch and Chelsea. And I guess I didn't ask, both of your last names are Glaser, I would assume? Yeah. Glaser, is that yes. how you pronounce it? Uh -huh. Glaser? Glaser, Glaser. Yeah. Right. Glaser. Right. yep. That's as close as I'm going to get to it. <laughs> um, but as a, as a quick introduction, so um, Mitch, he was... Um, Kind of, you know, Mitch and Chelsea were brother and sister, if you didn't catch that. And uh, Mitch was, uh, when he was in school, it wasn't, school wasn't something he necessarily cared about as much or wasn't as interested. Um, but then he decided he wanted to go into investment banking, which was, you know, first a big shift. Investment banking has a lot of math, a lot of crunching numbers and have to or do better or do well in school. And so when he was in high school, he uh, didn't do much and, he, you know, just kind of skated by. But then he kind of turned things around, decided he wanted to get uh, go into investment banking. Uh, put a bit more of time and effort into uh, to, to bringing his skills up, got the skills up, and then went into investment banking. And I think or once you graduated, you went to Deutsche Bank. Is that right? And, That's right, uh, Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank. I always want to call it Deutsche and Deutsche, and I never know which one it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, if people even at Deutsche Bank sometimes say Deutsch. Like, like I don't even think the people that work there even know sometimes. That's right. It, it's all the same. It's kind of like, complete aside, I used to work at a company that was called, or a, a law firm that was Lowenstein Sandler. And if you went to California, they would say Lowenstein. If you went to New York, it was Lowenstein. And it was like the same company. But depending on which side of the coast you're at, it was either Lowenstein or Lowenstein. So always interesting. That's but finishing yeah. up just a quick introduction, you had, um, so then you were working for a long period of time, you know, investment banking is very time intensive, very demanding. You're working hundred hour work weeks, had no life, had a period of time where, you know, I think he's mentioned uh, work six weeks and working 16 hours a day for six weeks, a, six weeks a day and running on air fumes. And so kind of got to a point where I think he actually called 911 because you said you had a buzzing in your head, kind of had a change. <laughs> <in> <laughs> said that you had to, uh, you know, you wanted to change your direction, where you're going. And so you uh, started to look at work out, get healthier, take time for yourself, and then uh, kind of shifted gears and uh, went to the more of the company that you're now working with Chelsea, which is more on health and wellness and kind of uh, working on that, uh, that aspect of life. So with that much as a quick introduction, welcome onto the podcast, Mitch and Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I gave the quick 30 or maybe 45 seconds uh, interview or, or summary of kind of where you guys are at, but maybe now Mitch to start out with, take us back in time, kind of back to high school, kind of, first of all, not being as interested and then kind of how that uh, we'll pick it up from there. 
Yeah, so, you know, as you mentioned, in, in high school, I definitely wasn't um, a driven student. I like, you know, I, I saw the, the requirements to get into, you know, one of the top Ivy League schools, and it was, you know, a 4.4 GPA with perfect SAT score. And I was like, you know, I was obsessed with hanging out with my friends and, you know, playing sports. And I just knew that, like, I was never going to get into one of those schools. Like I just like I, the motivation wasn't there. Mm. And, um, and so I just kind of, yeah, skated by, got like fees basically by doing the bare minimum, um, mm. which was the grades required for, you know, my parents not giving me a hard time. Oh, sorry. There's my dog coming in. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, I, I, then I get to college and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I really have mm. you know no idea. And then, I kind of stumble upon this career path and there's a program at Arizona state, which is where I went. Chelsea went there as well. Um, and there's a program there for investment banking. And this program does a really good job of getting people into investment banking, which is a really difficult thing to do from a non Ivy league school. And so I started thinking, Oh, maybe I'll try to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of a sudden it was like, okay, the requirements from a grades perspective are going to be, you know, I'm going to have to get close to straight A's. And so um, I did have to make a very big shift and start put, dumping a lot of time and effort into getting good grades, which was new for me, but I was you know, able to figure it out. Really, I think people always think grades are diff- like getting straight A's is hard, but really it's like, if you do all the homework, if you use all your resources, if you just like understand every concept thrown at you as it comes at you, like you're going to get an A on every single test. And so I kind of figured that out. Hmm. And, um, and was able to then use my grades. And then I did a lot of networking, um, you know, literally sent out hundreds of emails, networking emails, studied my ass off for the interview process, which is um, kind of rigorous and notorious for being so. And ended up, yeah, getting my first job at Deutsche Bank, which is um, the biggest bank in Europe at the time. It was the biggest bank in the world. Um, but now it's a, it's a bit uh, smaller. I won't get into that. But um uh, so basically, like for those who don't know, investment banking is uh, known to be a very uh, time-consuming and like physically exhaustive, like resource-heavy, just industry. Like you were expected to be on call twenty-four-seven, seven days a week, literally. Um, I've been called into the office at Saturday night at one a.m. And mm. like, those are, those are like, you have no boundaries of your personal life. And so mm. that's the way I was living for, um, you know, seven years. I started at Deutsche Bank, then I went to Goldman Sachs, but then um, there was the time that you referenced. And basically, you know, this, these, the, this industry, which had no boundaries and required so much of you to like, you know, literally go in, in the middle of the night to work. Um, it really started taking a toll on me. And so there was this really difficult six week period of time where I pulled 16 all nighters within six weeks. And then every other night I was sleeping like at, on probably on average three or four hours a night. And, uh, at, and so that the six weeks kind of culminated in this one night where I was getting home at 5am and I was trying to get a couple hours of sleep before going back into the office, which was a very usual thing. And I put my head down on the pillow and my brain starts buzzing with electricity, like violently. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell was that? Um, and then I'm like, whatever, I, I only got three hours of, to get, of sleep here to get. I can't waste any time like thinking about this. So I put my head back down and then it happens again. And so then I start freaking out. And I'm like, oh, shit, I think I'm having a stroke. 
And then <laughs> I, the fact that I think what, what made you go to a stroke in the sense of that usually is the, the type of thing that you're going to think of as a stroke, it would be something else, but I don't know what, I guess I don't know what I would think if my head was buzzing. So that's a fair point. So yeah, so it, I mean, it was like, uh, it, it was buzzing, it, but it was like electricity. And like, all I knew is that like my brain was feeling weird. Like something huh. in my head was feeling bad and I didn't know what to think. Cause I've never had a stroke, you know, knock on wood, that, that'd be horrible. Um, and, uh, but you know, I just didn't know what was going on. And so mm-hmm. that when I'm having a panic attack, cause I don't know what's going on. Am I having a stroke? Am I not? I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not normal and it's not healthy. Mm. And, uh, and so then I like, I get out of bed and I go up to the living room and I'm pacing around, like freaking out. And I dial nine one one on my phone and my fingers hovering over the button. And I'm like, shit, am I really going to, uh, going to, um, you know, admit to myself that it's gotten this bad, that I've neglected my own health this badly for my job. Like, mm. this is crazy. Like, this is like out of control. And so I ended up not calling the, the ambulance and um, just kind of fell asleep on the couch for two hours before going back in the office. And then I was able mm. to make some time to get some sleep for the next, next couple of nights. And I sort of slowly battled back, but um, you know, I, I started really feeling horrible. Like after that, like I felt terrible. And that one moment was when I sort of realized that like I had to make a huge change in my life or else, mm. you know, what I was doing was not going to be sustainable and it was not going to work out in, in the long term. And so that's when I kind of kicked off this sort of wellness journey where, you know, I started, you know, obviously like, you know, forcing the time to get the right amount of sleep. I started working out a lot more. I started, um, you know, a far healthier diet. I started doing things like meditation and cold showers and, um, and breathing techniques, exercises, and um, even things like public speaking and improv classes. And so like I started doing all of these things and now, they all question, sort of one kind of question so, yeah. on that is uh, so, you, you know, you start doing all these things, but you're, are you at this time, are you still doing investment banking or still otherwise staying at that job or, or how did that work? Yes. So I was still doing investment banking, trying to like battle to get my health back doing that. And it, and it actually proved to be very successful. Like I started, like I was doing really well at the job in the first place, but mm-hmm. I was absolutely miserable and felt like shit. And so this actually helped me, you know, kind of like get my life back where I'm still doing, I'm still working a shitload. Um, but now I actually feel good on a day-to-day basis. I don't mm. feel horrible. It's not just nonstop stress. It's like, I'm able to, you know, actually just kind of get my bearings and, and feel good on a day-to-day basis. But um, mm. at the end of it, I still sort of realized that, you know, this job, which is still, even though I was feeling good, I was still dumping anywhere between 70 to hundred hours a week into it. And so I realized that like, if I was going to be working that hard, I'd rather do it for myself, do something that, um, you know, I'm more passionate about than that job. And so I wanted to start a company. I always, always have wanted to start a company. And I sort of, at that time I realized, you know, that, um, what better thing to start the company around than that journey. Ask one question on that. So, I mean, so you figure out, first of all, hey, I want to live a healthier life. Or I don't want to feel crappy all the time. And it doesn't matter how many hours I work. If I'm feeling crappy, it's not worth it type of a thing. You're not enjoying yeah. life. But then, you know, was there, but you still were working at the, uh, you know, the investment bank for a period of time as you're kind of figuring that out. So was there a tipping point or was it, was it just kind of a slow build as to, hey, I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to leave investment banking or I'm going to start looking for an alternative that I enjoy more. Kind of how did you make that transition or make that mental shift? 
So that's a very good question. And I think it was sort of the tipping point of where, okay, now I'm starting to feel good and I'm sort mm. of like, you know, able to handle this job, but I'm still not happy. I'm still not fulfilled. And so mm. at first it was like, you know, oh, I'm struggling to even get enough sleep. Like, of course I'm not happy. And then all of a sudden, once it was like, okay, well, my basic needs are met. Like I'm sleeping, I'm eating, I'm feeling good, but I'm not feeling fulfilled. And then that's when I sort of like, the t there was just a tipping point where I kind of realized that if I'm feeling really good, but I'm still not feeling fulfilled like this, like this probably isn't the career path for me and I should move on and try something new. And climbed um, up Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so once, yeah, once that tipping point, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to build a company around um, the wellness journey that I just went on because I think a lot of people who are working really hard out there probably neglect their own their health needs on a day-to-day -day basis and probably, you know, you know, say, I'm not going to, you know, go to the gym or I'm not going to put the time in to, you know, meditate. Um, instead, in, in, instead dump that energy into work when really that's not a very sustainable thing. And it's ultimately going to lead to burnout and there has to be a balance. And so, um, you know, one of the, the, the aspects of that wellness journey, which is our first product was nootropics which um, are, if, if, if you're not familiar with what nootropics are, they're supplements that are designed to boost your cognition, basically. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the different brands out there, uh, they, they promote these products as sort of limitless pills, like if you've seen the movie with uh, Bradley Cooper. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of them advertise themselves as that. But when I was taking them, I was like, you know, these absolutely don't turn me into like a goddamn genius. Like I don't wake up feeling like Bradley Cooper on these things, but I think they work like three or four times better than coffee. Like I feel, I feel like I have just as much energy, but I have, you know, none of the negative side effects that come with coffee. I feel much like clear minded and like no, no brain fluff or anything like that. And so I was really surprised that like no one around me has ever really heard of them. Um, and especially none of the women had the few people that I knew that had heard of them, they were all sort of buying into this limitless pill concept, which I had also bought into initially. But I basically was like, you know what, this would be a great first product to start with. And right now, I think women are being kind of neglected to from a marketing standpoint in this industry. And so I would and so I was like, you know, what, I want to build a brand that's more approachable to women. Um, and so Chelsea, she uh, she started her own branding agency called Launch It Girl. And so she helps women launch businesses, often for women. And so she was like literally the perfect person to be the first you know, person I reached out to to consult about this idea. And so we started talking and, and um, I'll let Chelsea take it from there because that's kind of sort of when we, we merged brains and started collaborating on the, uh, on the idea of Freddie together. It was so exciting when... Finally, you know, after me being, uh, I had taken such a dramatically different career path than Mitch had taken to get to this point of just being like, okay, I want to start my own things. I want to build a life that's actually fun. I don't want to, you know, go the corporate route. Um, and you know, Mitch had taken such a totally opposite path. And so I was so excited that he was finally going to leave banking and start his own business. So that was awesome. And then we started talking about this and um, just kind of realized that, you know, rather than just building a business or a brand that's approachable to women, we should be building a brand for women around this product that really speaks directly to them and empathizes with what 
you know, kind of the modern ambitious woman goes through who mm. is just wanting to do and be everything and have everything, um, all the different types of success and just has so many competing priorities um, and expectations for, for themselves. So that's, uh, yeah, we started talking about it. Mitch asked me to be his co-founder because he's like, you know, kind of hard to build a female focused brand as a guy. Um, and so, yeah, we've been building the brand together ever since. And it's, um, it's been so much fun. So our, our philosophy is, you know, it's really, really resonates with both Mitch and I, um, is just that success at work starts with wellness and mm. you're really only going to be able to do your best work and bring your best self to your work when you are putting your wellness first. And I think Mitch and I you know in our very own, very different ways, both fell victim to hustle culture, both found ourselves in this crazy states of burnout at one point or another. And, um, and so we really want to highlight that experience and kind of yeah, build this brand, not just with our one product, mm. um, but really looking at our product as one part of a holistic wellness practice that people can be bringing into their lives to help them show up as their best selves for work. So now let me ask kind of now one question. So yeah, you know, we, we got Mitch's kind of where he's, you know, where he came to or came to the idea of the, of the company and kind of approached you at it. You were doing some other things with your career at the time and you're, um, you know, building or building up the, the branding agency and whatnot. When he came to you, was it kind of, hey, well, I'll help him out on the side or, well, you know, this is something that, you know, I'll do because he's family type of a thing. Was it something you're excited or kind of how did you balance this with what you're already doing or decide, you know, how to, to engage or to, to, or to work, start working with him? Um, it started as we were just going to do some like brand strategy work together. And then as it became more and more clear what the brand could be, um, I got, I mean, it. I, I'll be honest, I probably only agreed to do this because he's family, but I was, because <laughs> I was, I had a lot of my hands already, but, you mm. know, I was really thinking about, I was really passionate about the product too, because it had helped me a lot. Mitch introduced me to Nootropics, um, it was quite a bit before that, and I had been um, already trying them and already found them also really effective. So I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. They are amazing. And there's not a single Nootropics brand that sounds like something I want to buy until Mitch really pitched me on trying them. Um, and so I had tried them and, you know, the, the mission was something that, you know, was just, we, we really developed the mission together, but the, the philosophy and like the, um, the kind of purpose behind the brand was really always around wellness and always around like helping you just bring your best self to work. Um, and, you know, that was something that really resonated with me. And um, the other piece of that was, you know, the more we talked about it, the more I kept thinking about my clients at Launch a Girl, who are these incredibly driven women who are balancing all everything. And I'm like, this brand is really for them. Like, these are women who they're like working nine to five and they're building their side business and they have families and they're just like, they're doing everything. And so... We wanted to, you know, the more I was thinking about it, the more I could just empathize so much with this, with this audience base. And cause I work with them and I'm, I'm part of this as well. You know, I'm not a mom, but, um, I, I definitely am juggling a lot of things. And so I got really excited about the brand. I got really invested in the message and, um, and we, you know, it was, it was, there's something about you know, <laughs> balancing it is a different question. Um, it's it's kind of a daily practice. Uh, it's definitely gotten easier and easier as we go, and we get into more of a flow, and we figure out you know what's what works, where to put our 
time where time is most valuable when it comes to the business. But um, I generally time block um, just on a most basic level. It's kind of like the first couple hours of my day are launcher girl. The rest of my day is Freddie. Um, and it kind of depends on the day how I shift that. But I just try mm -hmm. to block out the time for that. And uh, it works. It works well. We got to a good point. Took a while to really to really get to that point. I was pulling like sixteen hour days for a long time, but now we're in a good flow. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And and I said that's a lot of times. You know, the the irony is is sometimes you work so hard in a different business. Say, okay, I'm going to go do my own startup, or I'm going to do my own business, and say, and it's going to be like the television shows where they go work for a couple hours a day, and then you get to relax for the rest of the day. And, that's never true. It always seems, you know, the joke always goes, the best part of being about an entrepreneur is you get to choose which 80 hours a week you get to work type of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like be work, work from anywhere, work when you want just means, you know, work everywhere all the time. <laughs> if you're not careful. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I agree. But so, so now you guys have kind of built that or got that balance. You kind of figured out both of your roles and you, and you got things off and going kind of now, you know, bring, that brings us up to the future. Now looking kind of at the next six to 12 months, kind of where do you guys see, see things heading or what's the plan? So I, I think that, you know, at, at right now we think we have a huge opportunity with our first product. We think mm. we're early to the game and we're targeting, you know, a, a niche and we're doing it properly. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so we think we can do a lot of big things with just our one product, but, um, you know, with our motto being success at work starts with wellness. There's so many other things that we can roll out sort of under that umbrella that, you know, helps women just sort of feel their best so they can perform their best at work. And so, um, you know, that could be, we have a few things in the pipeline, a few additional products that we think will probably roll out after we you know, maybe say six months to a year, because we kind of want to first be known for this first product. Mm. Um, I think we're, this first product is definitely, you know, we, you can, it, it's very easy to like go out to the market and roll out, you know, another, we're not going to do this, but like say introduce another protein powder, you know, like you're just one of another, another product that sells whey protein. But mm. we, we think we're, you know, so early to this market that we're kind of, you know, going to be mar viewed as market leaders in the next, you know, year or two. And that's something we want to sort of establish before we introduce new products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. we won't necessarily only introduce supplement products. We, we are really thinking of ourselves not as a supplement brand or um, as a nootropics brand specifically, but really more of a wellness brand and looking at, you know, what are all the different types of products that we could introduce that make sense for our audience? Hmm. No, that makes perfect sense and sounds like it'll be an exciting next six to 12 months for you guys and, and beyond. Yeah. Well, as we start to wrap up on the, the podcast, I always ask two questions at the end of each podcast. So I'll let you guys decide who answers which question, but I'll throw out the question to both of you. So along your journey, the first question, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? That one's so easy. Yeah, <laughs> I know what There's... you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we... We hired at the beginning this social media management company mm. that for the bargain price of, I think by the end we were paying like 3000 a month, they were going to create content for us and grow our follower base like crazy. Mm. And um, the organic growth. <laughs> yeah. We were like, okay. I mean, yeah, that sounds great. Like we don't like content creation is something we're so new at. Like we don't necessarily know how to just keep 
you know, pumping out content multiple times a day, every single day. Mm. Uh, like this is something I feel like we can need help with. And obviously we want to get followers just to- We didn't know for, what like, converts we, well. We, we, yeah, we, we want followers because you know followers if we're if we're building our followers in the right way are potential customers and so you know obviously that's something we wanted and so they were like oh yeah of course like let's do it and you know we said obviously like we want these all to be real followers like don't buy us any followers we know that that's a very common thing and they're like mm. oh yeah of course of course and then um basically they would just like this happened this happened just one time at the very beginning um mm-hmm. They were like, okay, we're getting ready for our, one of our big pushes. We're going to touch our partner network and, and you see, you're going to see some followers join. And then like, all of a sudden they basically just like turn on the jets and like, we just gained like 1500 followers, like 20 followers a minute. And it was like, like we got seems... like 5,000. Mm. It was like, no, it, no, it wasn't that much. It I was, thought it was. No, it was... no, no, it was, oh. it was like 1500. <laughs> uh, it was a lot. And, it was a yeah. lot. All it was. Uh, it, it, like, if we they would have done it again, it would have been that. But then we were like, "What are you doing? Like, there's no way this is real. Like, what mm. is going on?" And the demographic and, of followers were all like 13 to 17 year old boys. Yeah, and like that's. Some, an, and, and then they start like then they start getting like accusatory that like we're being ridiculous for accusing them of like saying this isn't real. They're like, "Look, the, these these are the only people that are going to follow you right now when you're not famous." And we're just like, wait, so we're pushing all like female empowerment, sort of like inspirational stuff, very female oriented. And 13 to 7 year old boys are the only ones that are going to follow us. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they're so, saying like who are, who would be willing to follow us as though it was like a favor when they're the ones making the content that's supposed to be more valuable than content we can make ourselves. So you'd <laughs> think that people would be excited to follow us. And they, they had sent me a message and they're like, it's... Um, because they were asking me to make a lot of video content and they they legitimately said this is in an email that the are we're not getting followers and we're not getting engagement because my videos were not like engaging enough and I need to put more makeup on and um and like that I should hire like a professional hair and makeup team and get like a videographer to come in for like little casual videos when we are trying to just be approachable to our audience and just really grow organically yeah these people were the worst yeah um, fucking terrible it was a great way to light fifteen thousand dollars on fire <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so that that's how we'd answer that question yeah hey, that that is a that is a good uh a mistake to be made and, and one to certainly learn from but you know the, the the funny thing is you know all of these is you, you hear a lot of you know social media i think there's some good and i know some social media people out there that are very good but it's so hard to sometimes sift between who are the great ones and who are going to do a good job Mm -hmm. and who are the ones that are just going to take you for a ride get as much money out of you can because it's not always apparent on the front end and it takes a bit of time to sometimes come to that realization so definitely a a mistake that can be made and one to learn from totally i mean the other thing of that it wasn't even just the money we also had to climb our way back in the algorithm from like having terrible engagement because of the fake followers that they purchased. And Mm. so we had to like really get ourselves back to a point where we were growing organically, we're attracting the right people and kind of let those other people who had followed us just kind of weed themselves out and then get back to a point of, okay, this is actually our audience that we want to be talking to. So it, it set us back in a lot of ways. 
definitely get that and you know that's kind of the same thing if you do uh, the one that i'm more familiar with is seo and kind of search engine optimization mm. and there's some, kind of the same thing there are a lot of good people out there and there's some bad people out there but they can really take your score and then you have to sit there and try and fix it and it takes a lot more time and effort well yeah. so now we jump to the second question which is if you're talking now to uh, somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them um, I, I would say start with a brand strategy. I think a lot of people dive straight into, you know, trying to like get their website up. There's whenever somebody has an idea, there's so many steps that tend to get skipped in the early stages. And what I always like to tell people is take these ideas that you have and really put them into a strategy for it's for how you want to be bringing your brand and like representing yourself, bringing it to your audience. And so I like to think of it as like your idea for your, your business or for your startup. Like even if you have some of the moving pieces in place, like it's like a big bowl of spaghetti in your brain, all of the noodles are tangled and trying to communicate through and build, you know, a really dynamic brand. There's a ton of moving pieces to what needs to go into a startup. And if you're not really, really clear on this vision, then it's really easy to let things fall through the cracks and to have things that are inconsistent in your messaging and in the way you're presenting your brand in general, that's just going to make it really hard to build a super engaging brand. And so I like to think of the brand strategy process as like, it, it's so much more than just deciding, you know, what colors you're going to use. It's really thinking through like all the big picture vision and then getting into the details of that vision of how you're going to carry those through what are the values of your brand, the philosophy, exactly like getting really, really specific with your audience. Like what are they going through? What are they looking for? Um, what problems are they experiencing day to day? How can you really empathize with them as you're building this brand? And so I like to think of this process as like detangling noodle by noodle of kind of every single idea, every like every insight, every everything that you have in your brain about your business, laying it all out in front of you and knowing exactly what it is, what you're working with down to the, the tiniest details that you may never even share with anyone, but you know, internally and your team knows internally. So that when you have that gut feeling of like, that's not quite right, or that feels off for my brand, you'll actually have the way to describe why, and you'll just be able to steer things towards the bigger picture vision a lot more easy, a lot easier if you do the upfront work of doing a super in-depth brand strategy first. No, and I, and I think that's, a, and, and it's one that people often take for granted. If, until you get into branding and you really had to build a brand, think about everything from color schemes to how the look and feel is to how they'll think about it, to the font type, to the, you know, all everything that goes into a brand and there's a lot more than in there, you know, oftentimes you're like, oh, it's a brand, you know, and you think it looks cool, but there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And I think, you know, planning that out, figuring that out and having that as kind of an, a holistic strategy and giving it a, a good amount of effort is going to make a big impact on the brand, even though to the outside world, they're never going to think about it. If you have a nice, you know, good strategy and a good brand, they'll definitely notice if you don't. So I think that that's exactly. That's yeah. I like yeah. to say like good, good copywriting and good branding often goes kind of undetected. Um, but you really notice the bad stuff and <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, obviously there are the standout brands that you're like, wow, this is really nice. Um, but if mm. you, if you have to overthink it or if you, if they're have, if it's distracting you from the point, then you're, yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> I definitely agree. 
Well, now as we wrap up, so if people want to find out more about you guys, they want to be a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the, way, the best way to reach out or find out more? Uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's we are Freddie and Freddie is F-R-E-D-I um, in case anyone is unsure about how to spell that. Um, so we are Freddie is Instagram. Um, Mitch and I both are on Instagram as well. I'm Chelsea Glazer. Mitch is Mitch Glazer. He even underscored yours somewhere. Is that at the end? In the middle? Middle. In the middle. Mitch underscore Glazer is uh, Mitch's Instagram. Um, and we're also both on Clubhouse. If uh, anyone is using Clubhouse, um, and you can check out our website, wearefreddy.com. All right. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, check out more, support their support the product, and, uh, and, and live a healthier lifestyle. Well, thank you, guys. Now, as we wrap up, if you are a listener and you have your own journey to tell and you would like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to Inventive Journey or InventiveGuest.com and apply to be on the podcast. If you're a listener, also make sure to one, click subscribe so you get notifications as all the awesome episodes come out and two, leave us a review so new people can find us as well. Last but not least, if you ever need any help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us by going to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Mitch and Chelsea. It's been a pleasure to have you on and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin. Thanks, Devin. Thank you for having us.